Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. We're back here on First Lady and Friends. Uh, So excited for this episode. We have had an incredible week. I'm exhausted. And uh, so is our guest. Uh, Our guest today is Courtney Worthen. She is the director of Unified Champion Schools here in the state of Utah. If you don't know what Unified Champion Schools are, are, then you haven't been paying attention to my podcast. So it's it's a program of the Special Olympics. We're happy to have you on board. Thank you. Um, Courtney, we're so excited to have you here. I'm I'm excited to be here. I love talking about unified sports, so this is perfect. Yeah. We've we've had a long, you know, about a two year history together now. Yeah. It's been great. <laughs> my friend Abby Cox, everyone, my husband always jokes and tells people so proud to tell people that I'm friends with the governor's wife and <laughs> so You're like she's not that great. <laughs> she's it's uh, fine. no. You are fantastic. I talk you up all the time. Uh, just so down to earth and it's been a pleasure to work with you over the oh, last two years. Well you are amazing. <sighs> and you. this week even more so. I mean, it's just been it's been an exciting exhausting week. So uh, before we get into inclusion week, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about inclusion week um, for most of the podcast, but I want to go back and talk about you. Sure. Um, obviously, all of us who get into Special Olympics or anything to do with our friends with different abilities, I feel like there's got to be a story behind it because I think we've all been touched by somebody and when we have or lots of somebody's we and, and my story is well documented with my friends who... Mm-hmm who are an influence in my life. Um, so talk a little bit about you, where you grew up, and like how you, who was your inspiration sure. in getting involved? Yeah, so I, I grew up in South Salt Lake, grew up in Riverton, and um, when I was 10 years old, my cousin was born with Down syndrome. And I don't even think she was a year old yet, and we went to a buddy walk, and I just felt, I don't know, it just, it was home. And yeah. so when I was 10, I knew exactly what I wanted to do every time we did the, you know, career days and career assessments. It was like, I'm going to go to Utah State and I'm going to teach special education. Love it. And, and so that's what I did. I graduated from high school um, with my associate's degree um, and just jumped right into the special education program at Utah State. And um, my freshman year, day on the quad, um, there was a Special Olympics and they were recruiting unified partners and coaches for their basketball team. It's like, well, my two passions. I love basketball. I love people with disabilities. Let's do it. And I, I'm not someone who likes to do anything by myself. I have to have a group of people to go somewhere and do it. But this one, I showed up on my own day one and I walked away with about 20 friends. And and so I just kept going back. I learned, you know, what could I do next? We did volleyball and we did bowling. And, and it's it's Special Olympics has given me so much. Um People always tell me I, I'm a saint, and you know you you you're so great for doing this. But really, it's kind of selfish. Like yeah. <laughs> it's all for me, honestly. I I get way more out of it than I've been able to give to anyone. Um, I actually was laughing the other day because I when we were up at Utah State visiting with with the president and their their athletic department um, or their recreation campus department, um, 
I was talking afterwards with the, the guy, and he's like, you know, we had someone from Special Olympics come up and speak to my class one time, and she was super quiet, and and I I blocked this memory out, but it was me. <laughs> I was the one who went and spoke to his class and was super quiet and reserved, and and he's like, it, so it couldn't have been you, and I was like, no, that was absolutely me, and so it just shows that in the four years that I've I've been here, I have grown so much, and I have become confident and. Special Olympics has just done that for me and made me a more eloquent speaker. And I mean, you might not hear that here today, but (laughs) (laughs) no, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's just been my whole world. Yeah, no. And and you can't help. I, I always tell people like. Just come to one event, um, mm-hmm. just experience Special Olympics once, and you're in. You're hooked. Absolutely. There's there's nothing better. Um, you and I spent uh, a week in Florida together mm-hmm. at the at the USA Games, and oh my gosh, there is nothing more joyful. Not at all. Yeah, it it was the best. And again, that was another place where I just felt. I was able to be so authentic and that's yes. how you're, you're just able to be so authentic when you're around people with disabilities. Um, and that's what I've been really working on doing. And, and so going to USA games, uh, it was after the opening ceremonies and they had us all go into the Orlando magic um, arena where they play. And we had lunch and we were waiting for the Harlem globe shotters to come and play. And there was music playing and our team happened to have courtside seats. Wow. And, I, you know, there's music playing. People were kind of bored. And so I started dancing. And <laughs> She's a great dancer. <laughs> I'm not. I am not a great dancer. But that, like, it didn't matter. Yes. It didn't matter that I am horrible at dancing. It didn't matter that I looked like a fool. It, there were people joining in with me. People were having fun. And that's that's what I was just trying to do is create a fun environment. And there's no place like Special Olympics. And it's the only place that I would feel comfortable enough to dance in front of thousands of people and it was it was very funny <laughs> it's the best and Courtney, you're like the best hype person she is the best like it was so great when we were sitting in the tunnel for to come out for opening ceremonies i mean you guys this is a huge stadium a huge stadium full of people and our our athletes got to to walk out i mean the olympics yeah, this is the Special Olympics, mm-hmm. and and they were a part of that huge. I mean, thousands and thousands of athletes, and and spectators, mm-hmm. and ESPN is covering it. I mean, it's there's nothing like it in the world. Yeah, it was it was a big deal. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, so let's let's get into talking about um, inclusion week. Um, first of all, let's talk about what it is. Yeah. Um, and and maybe talk about the, the global reach. Absolutely. So um, Spread the Word Week was started by Special Olympics and Best Buddies. And it originally started as a campaign to end the R word. Yeah. So it used to be Spread the Word to End the Word. Um, and I think it was maybe three years ago they realized we were teaching the R word in yeah. order to tell people not to say it. Yeah. And so the campaign was changed to Spread the Word Inclusion. And there's been different themes for each year. So last year was connection and this year it's um, going all inclusive. Um, And so it's just a way to spread awareness about um, Special Olympics, about being inclusive and, you know, the the benefits of of inclusion and making sure that everyone has a seat at the table. And last year, our Youth Activation Committee created a Spirit Week and we had maybe 
13 schools who participated in that. And so we wanted to do it again this year. Um, and so we are had about 34 youth create a spirit week. So something similar to like your red ribbon week where there's dress up days and activities that go along with that, that just help bring everybody together. Um, and it's been just really fun to see what the different schools have, have been doing to spread awareness about inclusion. Yeah, it's the best we've been to. I don't know. I've lost count this week. How there's, many How many schools have we been to? <laughs> you have three more tomorrow. I know that. So there's uh, probably 12, 15 schools that you're yeah. going to this week and, and yeah. visiting. And there's been pep assemblies. Um, today's was incredible. It was a, um, they did a play on inclusion and had their, I mean, you yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was so great. So some middle school. Mm-hmm. Remember the name of the middle Mountain school? Mountain Creek Middle School Mountain out in the Creek. Jordan School District. Yes. So I've been to so many and I feel <laughs> terrible because I say the wrong mascot and that was really embarrassing, but it's all good. We, again, it's, it all runs cares. together, but it's, nobody cares. <laughs> it's all good. We all mean well. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, but we were, we were there at this middle school this morning and they, the, the special education teacher was there. The principal is, it comes from the top. Mm-hmm. Full inclusive schools and, and that, of, that inclusive environment really does come from the top. So I have to like big kudos to the administration mm-hmm. there, to the educators, to the students. Um, they're doing phenomenal work. I mean, I walk into this, this assembly and it's a huge, it's mm-hmm. a huge auditorium. It's, it's a big middle school. Um, seventh, eighth and ninth, they believe. Mm-hmm grades and they I mean it was like so quiet they were so sweet they were so like respectful Uh and and we came in and the and the educators um really put together this this it was a play it was basically kind of some role play Mm -hmm. situations where kids were showing how you know what what not to do, you know, sure, they yeah. were trying to, and what to do, you know, mm-hmm. like showing somebody's like, I don't want to be with them. They're different yeah. or something. And then the other person was actually, I, I want them here with me. And, and then talking through this. And so they put on this. So it was the, it was the kids with disabilities as well as their peer tutors mm-hmm. that put on this whole assembly. And it was unbelievable. And the kids were amazing. And, you know, I had people there, the, the mayor of South Jordan, Don Ramsey, friend of the program, and um, the so many people from the district. And they were telling us, you know, like, we've been to so many schools mm-hmm. and so many school um, assemblies and stuff like that. She said, this is the best thing we've ever seen. That's amazing. So I, I tell you, that's there's nothing like it. Um, I want to get into more on Inclusion Week and the other stuff we're doing, and we'll do that when we come right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? 
in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. We're back here on First Lady and Friends with Courtney Worthen, uh, director of Unified Champion Schools here in the state of Utah. So excited to have you here. And, you know, we're, we're both like running out of words this week. We, we've been surprised I still have a voice, I, especially, yeah, when we're in a gym full of, of kids and we're yelling and yeah. it's so great. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about some of the experiences that we've had. Um, talk a little bit about we were at uh, Brighton High School this mm-hmm. week. Um, talk a little bit about those assemblies and 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 what they mean for for the school. Yeah. So, I mean, as special educators, so I also got my degree in special education and we spend so much time teaching our students with disabilities how to behave in, yes. in public and in, um, in their general ed se- settings. And we don't spend a lot of time teaching the other way around. And so that's what Inclusion Week is doing. We are teaching our neurotypical friends, you know, our, our partners, how to interact with people with disabilities and, you know, kind of turning the tables on them a little bit. And so the assembly at Brighton was actually put on by one of our youth activation leaders. Um, I can't remember what grade she's in, but yeah. Just, I think she's was, a junior. So a junior yeah. at Brighton High School put on this incredible pep rally. And they did a game. It was the unified basketball team versus the boys varsity team. And that unified team was I mean, they were celebrated even more than the boys' basketball team oh, I much think, more, ever, yes. ever was. <laughs> um, and it was like they had just won the state championship. They they welcomed them in and, you know, gave them the – they went through the cheer line. They had their starting lineup read off. And, and so they were treated just like the, the boys' basketball team. Yeah. And it's an experience that these students and these parents never thought they would have been able to get when they got the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and so just celebrating their ability to participate in sports. It may not look the same as you or I or, you know, the boys basketball team, girls basketball team, but, but they're still playing. They're still they're brave in the attempt. Yes. Um, <laughs> they and that one of the um, athletes, his mom was putting together a, and she posted this on social media. She was putting together a highlight reel of the video and. There was a shot where her son missed the, the basket. And she's like, well, are you, are you sure you want to add that in there? And he says, well, mom, the important thing is that I took the shot. <laughs> and, and so it's just amazing that their perspective on, on life, on being able to participate, because before he wouldn't have even had the opportunity to take the shot. And so just be able to be in the game and take the shot. And it's just a really incredible opportunity for everyone involved and for everyone to see that. And I've gotten multiple emails and calls from parents saying, hey, I saw that article. I saw what Brighton did. I want that at my school. Yes. And he's like, so I know it takes long, you know, so next year, like we're doing this at my school. And so I've got a lot of work to do, but I'm excited to do it. <laughs> I know we keep making more and more work for you, um, but we're job yeah. security. Yeah, we're good. exactly. We're good. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, you, you touched a little bit on the parent perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say that's probably, you know, we're both parents and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's probably one of the most um, unexpected emotional things that I've seen mm-hmm. as, as we've been working in this space for, for a while now. Um, 
there's been, I guess my favorite thing, well, there's a lot of favorite things, but one of my favorite things is to watch those parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you and I, maybe you feel this way, but I remember, you know, being in special education as I started my own family, I remember thinking, well, I'll probably have a child with, with a disability and, and just, you know, worrying about that and thinking mm-hmm. about that because, you know, that's all we're seeing. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we just, you know, we have this outsized view of, of the population and, 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 you know, just yeah. assumed, I guess I, I assumed that maybe I would, but <laughs> I, I remember talking to a lot of parents, um, you know, as you go through it and you, you know, you, you interact with parents as a mm-hmm. teacher and, and just that, you know, hearing the story and, and, and there's a book that I've talked about on the podcast before called Love That Boy. It's one of my favorite books talking about the expectations that we have as parents for, for all of our children, no matter, you know, if they're neurotypical, if they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of my and so so you see these experiences and you see that, you know, when when you get that child and you realize there might be something different Mm -hmm. and you start to, you get that diagnosis and you start to readjust your expectations of what that child's life is going to look like, what um, things they're going to be able to have access to Mm -hmm. or participate in. And all that changes and and, and you start to tell yourself that, you know, these, these things are not possible for yeah. my, for my child. Yeah. And I guess when I've sat and watched parents in the stands, when we have an assembly like that, and we've done yeah. it a few, several different times where we've had, you know, them playing a game in front of the entire school with the cheerleaders and the, and the pep band. Yeah. And the, I mean, everything so works, yeah. works just <laughs> like any other really important ball game yeah. in the school. And I sit and watch parents who never in a million years thought it would be their child right in the middle of that gym being the star the real star of this show yeah and and to watch them experience that it's equally joyful if not more than than the student Absolutely. themselves and then the school, the, those students go back into the schools and they walk down the halls and they're celebrities yes. and everybody knows them. They're no longer just the kids in the sped class. They're no longer the kids who are tucked away in the corner. Uh, they're part of the school. They are have friends to sit with at lunch. Um, I know when I was a teacher, our our students had our own table and, you know, I, I did a lot to try and push them out to go, you know, hang out at recess or, you know, during the lunch hour and, um, but I don't, as a teacher, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. It's, it's the students who now see, you know, if, if they can play on a basketball team, what else could they do? I think we mentioned that a little bit, uh, with, um, up at Utah state is yeah. Once it, it just translates to so many other things. They're on the basketball court. They can play and they play well. They, they're <laughs> popping threes and this, these <laughs> games are competitive. <laughs> they really are. And, and I get that all the time. People come up and like, wait, this is a special Olympics game. It's, yeah. Like they can play. And so when you take away the stigma and like their, their limit yeah. and just let them show you their full potential, they will exceed your expectations. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of friendship and how this inclusion week fits mm-hmm. in. Um, we'll do that when we come right back.
I had an experience with um, a friend of mine that I met who had a physical disability. And um, as, as I listened to him and his experience, it was really interesting. Something really struck me that I can't get out of my head and I can't mm-hmm. stop thinking about. And it relates to um, Special Olympics and, and what we're trying to do with inclusion. And what he said was, I people are very friendly. I asked him, you know, have you experienced bullying? Have you experienced these kinds of things? And he said, not really, no. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in that aspect, we have come a long way. Yeah. We are starting to, you know, especially with Unified and, 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 and the idea of full inclusion in our schools, like we've come a long way. We still have a long way to go. And there's still a lot of schools that, that still, you know, kind of stick kids in a, in one classroom <laughs> sure. altogether and, and aren't as, as inclusive in the academic setting, mm-hmm. you know, as well as other settings. But one thing that he told me that really I, I cannot stop thinking about, he said, no, I wasn't bullied and people were very friendly and people mm-hmm. still, still are very friendly to me as an adult now. And so people are friendly, but they weren't my friends. Mm-hmm. He said, I was never invited to a birthday party. I, he said, I, this makes me emotional. He said, um, I would sit out on my porch with cookies so that people would come by and be my friend. It breaks my heart. Right? <laughs> so for me, I think full inclusion and and the work that we're doing with Special Olympics Unified Sports is about Yes, we want people to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's we're so great when we get to friendly and and not bullying and but can we push past that? Mm-hmm. And can can uh, we be friends with somebody that is very different from us? Can we truly look at them as a human person and friend, mm-hmm. not just someone to 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 be friendly with high five in the hall, sure. but can they be included in everything? Absolutely. And I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but there's something about, you know, it's, it's one thing to be at the dance. It's another thing to be asked to dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just doing that true inclusion. And um, when you're talking about, you know, being friendly is great, but there's still more to go. In fact, we have, it's called our inclusion tiles that special Olympics North America has created. Um, and it's just, there's, I think 12 different scenarios or, you know, like there's tolerance and friends and then there's meaningful involvement and lasting friendships. Um, and so it's, it's actually on the generation unified website, but so you can play the, it's an inclusion tiles game and it's basically a way to just share, you know, where are you at on your journey with anyone who's different from you? Are you being tolerant? Are you being exclusive or, are you including, are you being, is it meaningful involvement or are, you know, where are you at in that journey and how can we get to that meaningful involvement and, and lasting friendship? And so, I mean, the whole thing with the Unified Champion Schools strategies are to create inclusive school environments using sports as a catalyst. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sports are a great way to do that. I mean, I played basketball, softball, soccer, you know, I, I played sports all growing up and and some of the my teammates were my best friends in school and you had 
people that had a similar interest that at lunch you can go sit with and, you know, talk about your upcoming game or, or how you did at practice or whatnot. And, um, and so that's what the unified sports are able to do is create a common commonality between, between students with and without disabilities. Um, but there definitely needs to be more. And that's where our other two components of youth leadership and whole school engagement come in. Um, and the spread the word inclusion week and, and yesterday was national inclusion day. Um, and just adding those components and, and strategies using those helps um, create those meaningful friendships. And, um, and, and unified sports and, and the unified champion school strategy, it goes beyond sports. Um, we get sometimes, you know, you're, you're a sports organization. How are you going to help us academically? Yeah. You know, our, our school focuses academics. And, but the, something that I really like is that, you know, if we want to increase the academic intensity in the classroom, then we must first decrease the social intensity. Mm. And, and that's what unified sports and whole school engagement and, and inclusion use leadership is doing. It's creating commonalities and creating an opportunity for students to be celebrated, for them to feel respected and I think even more importantly, understood by their peers. Mm. Um, when you understand someone, when you empathize with someone, it's so much easier to, you know, build them up. Um, and when you feel respected and understood, you're more likely to ask questions um, and engage in your lessons in school. Um, I mean, I, I've seen it myself. Like I said, I, I was very quiet when I presented when I first started and and now I started talking to the president of Utah State University and I had no problem. Like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was outspoken and, and I mean, it helps that I'm really passionate about Special Olympics and about um, what these strategies can do for people, for the community, for schools. But I also feel very comfortable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you've even seen me come out yeah. of my shell more yeah. over the last two years that we've we've been able to work together. And um, and again, it's it's just because I feel comfortable. I know that what I'm doing is, you know, we're, I'm passionate about it. I know that it's making a difference. And in the long run, it doesn't matter if, if I look like a fool. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think that's how it's going to be in the classroom is when students know that they're not going to be made fun of that, you know, they're going to be celebrated for their differences and their quirks and they're going to be more willing to speak up and to, to be engaged in the classroom. And so test scores then go up and, yep. um, bullying decreases. And so that, and we have, a lot of studies that prove that these strategies increase test scores, decrease bullying and increase engagement. And it's just, it creates a true inclusive environment and socially acceptable, accepting classroom. Yeah. No, I think that's the, the step beyond that people don't realize. Mm -hmm. And again, as special education teachers, uh, you know, we, we see how, you and I have had this conversation about how important it is to have people of all abilities with you in mm -hmm. every aspect of, of your learning and your community and your mm -hmm. life. Because, you know, these, these kids that are growing up now are going to be the adults and the leaders mm -hmm. in our communities as we go forward. And, and won't it be so beautiful? When, um, we, I, I just met today somebody with, uh, intellectual disabilities that works for the school, mm -hmm. that middle school that, yeah. that we spoke about. Um, and he's, he's an employee there. So if we grow up in an environment, if these kids grow up in an environment where seeing people of all different abilities mm -hmm. in our lives, in every aspect of our lives, 
um, that's not going to be a novel or or different situation. And, you know, you you and I have also talked about, you know, our own kids being very comfortable (laughs) with um, being around people with with disabilities because we've we have been Mm -hmm. and and and, you know, instead of we've all had this experience with our kids like mom when they're little and they're like mom why are what's wrong with them you know and they say it so loud you're like oh gosh yeah but you and i have had those i i would say to my kids i don't know let's go ask him let's see what's what he's like and let's let's ask him about his life and let's ask him and and yes smile at him and say hi and it doesn't have to be scary to talk to someone who's different from you and i think that we just kind of get in our own shell and and maybe you don't want to ask the wrong question but I think not asking is worse than asking the wrong question. Absolutely. And so and getting their personal experience versus assuming what what's happening. And so, yeah, I, I do the same thing and and have my kids go. And I mean, they're they're only two and three now, but yeah. it, I definitely expect those conversations to happen and and for them to be able to be comfortable enough to to go ask and to yeah. go treat them as anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk about um, how people can get involved. Um, let's maybe maybe talk a little bit about how the the funding for these programs mm-hmm. work um, and, and the kind of the work we're doing in the schools and, and the foundations. Yeah. So we're primarily funded by a federal grant. Um, we actually just had a team in D.C. that were um, at Capitol Hill and asking our legislators to appropriate funds for Special Olympics. So. We write a grant every year and um, receive that money, and then we. But we also have to match it. So every dollar we get from the government, they they request us to match it, and it's it's so that we can create sustainability. Um, if those government dollars go away, our we don't want the program to go away. And you know, thanks to Show Up's involvement and our our connections with our education foundations, we're at a point where. We're fairly sustainable in several of our school districts. In fact, some of the school districts are completely sustainable. Um, their education foundations have been able to find donors who are more than happy to fund their area tournaments. And, and you know, the money is for their uniforms, coach stipends, um, transportation, and then just the, the costs of running running the events. And um, so there's several donors who were pretty grateful for and um who've said you know you can't take this away from us like yeah. we're we're stepping in this one's ours like don't let anyone take this from us and um so just cuz it's such a a it's just so much for the community for everyone involved coaches spectators athletes um it's just such an incredible program so um Several of our our education foundations have found sponsors. They've even just added it into their annual fundraising, and it's something that they're raising money for and supporting. And um, and then just you know we're we're fortunate to be in our second year of uh, partnership with the Utah Jazz for our um, our basketball tournament. Um, and then we have a few other. And RSL, we've been we've been yeah. partnering with them for you know using the stadium, and and we've gotten support for them for the soccer tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really great. And then we have just a couple other grants that we, you know, when we see grants that, uh, pop up, we, we have a grant writer who applies for them and, but we're definitely always looking for sponsors and people to help support so we can grow. And I mean, we're growing, we're growing fast. Yes. Last year for <laughs> basketball, we had probably 36 teams throughout the state who, who were competing throughout the season. Um, this year we have 75. Um, so we yeah. grew, we doubled in a year. Yep. Um, and I mean, in the last week, I've 
gotten probably 10 more schools and parents who are like, I need to talk to you. We need to get this started. Um, so I, I keep putting them off till March 8th, till that uh, <laughs> state basketball, get our basketball tournament, tournament but, done. Um, it's, and you're it's, a scrappy little team. <laughs> I mean, we are a scrappy team. There's, there's three of us full time who, yep. who run the program for the entire state. Um, yep. and we were just at a, a national conference and, um, some of these Texas and Colorado have had like th- probably eight people for yeah. their, their team running it for their state. And yeah. so we're, we're so happy with the work that's going, but we're tired. <laughs> yeah. But we're also, we're ready to, you know, get yeah, and more we get, on. And we can start adding, we can start getting, um, you know, funding for for more more people to run the the program. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, we're going to keep working on it. Um, I, I became, uh, not too long ago, a member of the board of Special mm-hmm. Olympics Utah, which I was thrilled about. Um, and so, you know, just working on these, it's a great problem to have It is <laughs> that, you know, that we're, we're getting, we're getting so many that, that want to participate. Um, be patient with us. If you're one of those schools, mm-hmm. um, we're going to, we're, we haven't forgotten you and, you know, just start gathering your coalition in your school and gathering your donors in your area. And, and we're going to make it happen for you. Um, if you own a business, you know, contact either your education foundation in your district or, just Special Olympics Utah. Mm-hmm. We can we can help to to make some of that happen. We'd love more help in our rural schools. That's that's a little trickier, you know, as it as it relates to just kind of uh, getting other teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a little more spread out in those rural areas, so you know the transportation's a little tougher, but not not insurmountable. Absolutely not insurmountable. We can we can help work through all that. Um, and I'm the same as you. I've, yeah. I've been, I had somebody just reach out to me last night, a parent Beautiful. saying like, I've got my boy saw this and mm-hmm. wants to get involved in it and it, his high school. And I mean, like, it's, it's the best. Yeah. Guys, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the ball is rolling. We have a lot of momentum right now and we're, yeah. we're trying to capitalize on it and make sure that we're, you know, yeah, like you said, we haven't forgotten about you and we're, you know, every school is important. And yep. so we're going to make sure everyone has access to this. And, and the more, um, just the more momentum we have, the more schools are coming on, and it's just spreading like wildfire. Yep. So we're we're gonna reach all of you, though. Well, and I and I think it it speaks to two things. First of all, you know that that people are are excited and ready and seeing mm-hmm. the program and seeing you know the the beauty of it. But it also, I think it speaks to our craving for. All of us need a sense of community. All of us need a purpose. Absolutely. And, you know, in this political world that we live in, uh, just the, 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 the divisiveness and, and the, the, just the really hard things that we all have to look at Mm -hmm. and see and deal with every day. This is one of those things that, you know, when I go and I pitch this to, to a, to a school district Mm -hmm. or, you know, to individuals, I get nothing but, I want to get involved. Tell me how to yes. get involved. Uh, we bring we bring uh, potential donors to some of these events, mm-hmm. and they walk out and say, "Take all my money," because that's what we want. Bring more of those people. <laughs> because it really is people. People. We as a community are are craving that sense of coming together. It's there's you know all ends of the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that that 
you know, there's nobody that I, I think that I, that I talk to about this that says, oh, no, that's not that's not yeah. for us. And, you know, there's definitely competition and some of these rivalries. But at the same time, you're cheering for everybody. Um, that's I the got, beauty of it. It, it is. It. it is. We so we just hosted a, a tournament at Murray High School and um, there was a player on Grantsville who there was a section of students from Murray who were just kept chanting at him, MVP, MVP. And like they took a picture with him and they just made him feel so good. They don't go to the same school. They're not even in the same city. Um, but they celebrated this young man who they thought played a really well game, even though they beat their team. Yeah. And and so I got an email from the principal at Murray and the mom had sent her the picture and said, you know what, whatever you're doing at Murray, you're doing it right. And we're going to take some notes back to Grantsville because my son felt like a celebrity and wow. it was the greatest experience for him to be cheered on by another school. And and that's kind of how it happens, though, is because we'll, we'll host at one school. And the, the schools who come from, you know, different cities don't always bring a, a big following. It's sometimes hard to travel. But the host school always steps up and yeah. makes sure that everyone is being cheered for and celebrated. And even when you lose um, against them, they're still... Worth, you celebrate each other's successes. Um, yep. And so there's no need to tear someone down to build yourself up. And I think the more we can build each other up, the better our communities are going to be. Yeah. I always tell people that Special Olympics Unified Sports is is the medicine that will <laughs> fix our society yeah. and our communities. Yeah, it in, really is. In our video, we show our, you know, our, our one that you watch once and, and you're hooked. Um, yep. Jody Lunt says... <laughs> Unified sports is the answer in bringing unity in a community. That's exactly and right. It's that's what it is. That's yep. what we're doing. I love it. So uh, you can find more information at sout.org or showuputah.org. We'd love to have you visit those websites and get involved in any way you want. You, if, if you're not a donor, if you're not, if you don't even have a student, you can still participate. Come to one of our events. Be a volunteer. Be a coach. Uh, you know, we, we need all kinds of people involved in this and you won't regret it. I promise. Thanks, Courtney. Of course. Thank you. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold in October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake city office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.